0: Hey, Tammuz Tafshin Ayinvav, coming to you live from the very busy headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
1: Kovin behem za der hanashin kovin be od anashin kovin you the eat at kadere me itam afshar mikon ich kanali safar
0: She did it all, Naomi Shemer, Anashim Tovim. She wrote the words, she wrote the melody, and in this case, she also sings the songs Anashim Tovim, and she was such an Isha Tova. Welcome one and all, welcome to this more this live edition of the Israel Show. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Israel Time live via the stream at com or on the app, the Nachum Siegel Network app, available both for Android and iPhone, free, NachumSiegel Network app. And you can listen to us whenever you want. If you're unavailable at this particular moment when we're on live, you can listen to us anytime, from now till eternity. There are our archives of all the shows going back to the first one like three and a half years ago. All on Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsegel.com and on the Nachum Siegel Network app. And we appreciate all those who do listen our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Uh You can comment during the show. We don't always get to answer during the show, but you can definitely comment during the show, after the show. And we will post after the show um, links to the playlist, the musical playlist. So you can listen to those songs on uh, via YouTube, via those links whenever you like and we'll also post links to different stories that we that we're discussing the Omi Shemer's 12th Yorkshire the anniversary of her death is this coming Wednesday Zion Tammuz she was I, I would think the most uh, you know sometimes we say one of the most amazing um, singers, so, uh, songwriters um, poets um, visionaries I think she's up there as number 1. She was a very very special lady and uh and she's missed and she's really missed. She wrote uh so many of the hits that we know as Israeli music. Of course, of course her her classic of classics is Yishalm Shel Zahav. We'll play a new version of that uh at some point during the so- show, but we'll also play some of her lesser known um numbers in uh in in dedication in, in memory of her amazing life, um, there's there's some there's like three levels of Naomi Shemer songs. The hits that everybody knows, you know, Al Nata Kornatua, right? Aladvash Okets, There's Yishlaim uh, um, Shlazav. M- there's Lu Yehi. Many more. <laughs> uh, see, uh, let's see what's the other one uh, that I'm thinking of. Odlo Hafti have die. Um, and on and on and on and on uh, But then there are the middle ones The ones that, you know, people know But not as much uh Galiwi, let's say, is one of them Or Shirah Asavim. And then there are ones that Like Just never made it They're cute songs, they're good songs Just never hit it And so we'll play some of those today So you can hear a little bit Of something different From the pen of Naomi Shemer. We also have a lot to talk about. Oh my gosh, there is so much going on in Israel. It is crazy. There is now in Israel a battle that goes back for decades. It is the battle between um, the Ashkenazic elite, not all Ashkenazim, the Ashkenazic elite in Israel and the Sephardic communities, they are many. Esfada communities are, are are at least half, if not a little more than half, of the population in Israel, while the Ashkenazic elites are a much, much, much smaller group than that. Now, how, how does this develop? Why, why is there any um, animosity? Why is there any friction or tension between these groups? You see, when Israel began developing, the Zionist movement began developing the land of israel it it the the center of the zionist movement the political zionist movement was in in europe herzl started out in in you know in western europe and um they had the congresses in in basel and in these you know big european centers the jews that came were those from russia from eastern europe poland and those from Germany, less so Germany, and and, uh, Austria and Czechoslovakia and so forth. And this whole movement of Zionism developed in Europe, and then the Aliyah, people that started coming, uh, of course there are exceptions, but on the whole were coming from Europe as part of this Zionist revolution, let's call it. They came with their European mannerisms and culture. And they brought that with them. Whether it was the German Jews who brought with them their culture or, or the, um, the Eastern European Jews who brought them. One way or the other, they brought with them their culture and they established all these towns and communities and so forth. That's not to say that there were not some Sephardic Um, populations in Israel there were but uh, first of all number wise they were much smaller and they didn't have the means also that the Ashkenazic Jews had through various um, patrons that they had in Europe Um, now there's an irony here because until the Zionist movement began let's say up until the end of the 1700s or the very, very early 1800s, the majority of the Jews in Israel were Sephardic. There were very few Jews in Israel, but the majority of those Jews were Sephardic. In fact, Havad Yosef at the time (coughs) said that everybody in Israel should be uh, taking on the Sephardic minhag because that is the minhag hamakom. It was determined by the majority of the Jews who were there at the time. Anyway... Um, the influx of the, what they call Mizrahi Jews, the Mizrah is all of North Africa, you know, Morocco, Tunisia, Egypt, and so forth. And on the other end, all of Mesopotamia, whether it's Iraq, Iran, Syria, Jews that were brought from all... These Jews came to Israel with the aid of the is the state of Israel in the early 1950s. Can you just imagine that a small country that not long ago finished a war in which they were could have been decimated, they themselves are about 600,000 Jews, and now they airlift in another 600,000 Jews. They double their population. They don't have the ability to... To house them properly and and give them the proper um, infrastructure in order for them to be able to grow and prosper just like like the the ones that are there now do, and they lived the the east the A um, hamizrach lived mainly in what we we'll call ma'abarot like shanty towns they were really horrific, but to a great extent, they didn't know better, but slowly they started knowing better. They started knowing that those that have been there for a long time and were established and so forth were living in luxury and or, or in relative luxury and and here the these Edotara uh, the the people that came from the Arab lands they're being um, neglected and so as time went by they their children started getting upset started getting the guts to get up and say, this isn't going to work. The parents, don't forget, the parents were brought to Israel. It was a dream, but but they were also very naive, very meek. They didn't want to rack the boat. They, they were totally dependent on the Ashkenazic elites. But the second and third generation started understanding the concept of democracy and of freedom of speech and of, of protest. And so as time went on, there were more rumblings of the Eidot who was saying, we are not being treated fairly. And they weren't being treated fairly. There's no question about it. Um, the The turning point, I believe, in this, in this um, narrative, is the election in 1977 of Menachem Begin. Menachem Begin was a tremendous Ohev Yisrael, a liberal in the sense that he loved all the Jews and felt that all Jews should be given the opportunity to grow and to and to um, prosper and so forth. And so the Edoth Hamizrach are the ones that really. Pushed that, that election in Begin's favor, and he did um, help them move forward. He had ministers like David Levy and others, um, uh, Moshe Moshe Nisim, um, a number of uh, <laughs> Moshe Shachal. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Moshe Katzav. Um, which oh, okay, but still just to show you about the concept of bringing in a Dodd HaMizrach into the cabinet, into the Knesset, and uh, nurturing the young Sephardic men and women to be involved and to give them the opportunity that they did not have uh, under the labor governments of the Iraq um, and Mapai. Why am I telling you all this? Because last week... The Minister of Education, Naftali Bennett, did a very wise thing. Um, He published a report, the result of a study that he commissioned, of what should be done in the school system to add the Moreshet, the heritage, the history of the Sephardic Jews into the curriculum of the schools, he brought an example. One, one interesting example that that you might be able to relate to. Um, when we talk about the history of uh, Yerushalayim and how, in the beginning of the modern times, people Jews started leaving the old city of Yerushalayim Until that, like eighteen hundreds, the Jews only lived in the old city. That's where they felt safe. There was a wall around it. That they could shut the, the gates at night. And they didn't want to go out into other places. They they were rather open. They were um, they they could be easily attacked. And so, the first groups that came out, we all know, was Moses Montefiore's. With Moses Montefiore's help, the first group that came out were the ones that went to Mishkenot Ananim, which is where the windmill is today in Eshelayim. And Montefiore paid them to build the windmill, and he brought in designers and architects to build the windmills, then to build the homes, and he paid the Jews to come out. And everybody knows that that's the first of outside of it. But there was another one, which were the Moroccan Jews. And they also had a group, a community in the old city, and they established a community as well, but most people don't know it. And it was called Machane Yisrael, and it is as old as and Shananim, pretty much. But it's not taught. And and so you can see that all along, all along, the history of the Jewish people, the history of the State of Israel, the history of Zionism is given over in the schools, is given over with this Ashkenazic elite elite, elite um, outlook, um, tint. And the Eidot Mizrach need to be it needs to be balanced out and so this committee made many proposals about adding more of the history of Ador Hamizrah, their connection to zionism even if not political zionism uh one of the things is that they take uh, high school kids uh, all, almost all high school kids today go to um to europe to the um to for for a route, a trip of Shorashim to the to the um camps to the um concentration camps, and so forth. And one of the suggestions is that they should also go to Morocco, for example, where they could see what the Jewish community looked like. There are Jewish cemeteries there as well, and so forth, to help them attach themselves to their roots, to create documentary films that show not only the Europe-centric history of Zionism but also what the Eidot HaMizrach, the communities of Mizrach that have a rich, rich heritage um, what their contributions are and I think that's an amazing thing for uh, Naftali Bennett to do and um, of course that wakes up the um, Ashkenazic elite. We've spoken about it before, we really have shown how they fall into this, the Ashkenazic elite during the elections. You may remember we spoke about Mr. Garboz, who got up and spoke about those people who run to Daven at Kivrei Tzadikim and who carry around Kameot and how they're taking over our country, you see. And uh, surely, surely, <laughs> that cost them a lot of votes and they just don't learn. Uh, so when we come back from the next song, we'll tell you about... Um, Yet another genius from the Ashkenazic elite, Gidi Orsher, and what he posted on his Facebook and the great commotion it created. Al Naharot Bavel, written by Naomi Shemer, sung by Ariel Horowitz, who happens to be her son, talks about the Israelis who left the kibbutz, who left the towns and the cities, went to Chutz Laretz. There are Al Naharot bavel, and when will they return? Nomi Shem Reziertzaiq this week, and we uh, remember her fondly, and we we celebrate her through her music. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to The Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
2: nesaper lahem al zvika sheya bchur nifla amaskor et lo ispika efotzvika, zvika bagola nesaper lahem al chay sheya bchur zahav kun olad beyushalayim aval achshav efot The Lord of He was <laughs> a young man, he was a veteran, he was <laughs> now wide, wide, we'll explain Shmulik, غوت ببل يوشويمه و بي
0: Horowitz singing his mother's song, Naomi Shemer's song, Al Nahor Babel. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for joining us making us a part of your week. We were telling you about the tension, the growing tension between the Ashkenazic and Sephardic um, populations in Israel. And uh, it reached yet another peak this weekend when, when yet another, rather, rather, I don't know. I I would say rather idiotic. Um, Ashkenazic elite decided to um, open his mouth on his Facebook page and, and just write something that is so so racist, so angry, so hurtful. And this comes, by the way, from the left, from the liberals who always... Talking about being tolerant, and open-minded, and accepting of the other—that—that's that, that hypocrisy always gets me. I'm so tolerant, as long as you agree with me, you can say whatever you want. So Gidi Orsher is the uh, the theatre and film critic of uh the army radio station Galitzahal well known in Israel he has that rating it's, he calls it the sulam Arsher, the rating where he gives on the um you know 1 to 10 or whatever for the different movies so he starts this uh facebook post by addressing it to all the shasnikim right the People, those who vote for the Shas party, the Spartic religious party, the, the Rainbow of, of, of the Mizrachim, I guess you would say, you know, like the, all the different stripes of the of the Edo the professional whiners, Min from the East, meaning the Sephardim. That that in itself is racist. I don't know how. The media in Israel, yeah, they gave him a little bit of a hard time, but if this would have been from the other side, oh my God, they would have just buried the guy. They they interviewed him, they asked him, and they let him get away with what he said, and he and by the way, he didn't apologize. He didn't retract, no, no. And then he goes through a litany of things in which he says, well, the next time you want to use anything of modern technology, whether it's in medicine, whether it's in, in the defense forces, whether, whatever it is, instead of using a computer or, um, or a CAT scan or something like that, why don't you go back to your old ways of doing things the way they do it in the backward countries in the East? Wow. And he basically is saying, you, you, Svartim, you're a bunch of backward, primitive people. We, we, the, the Ash, we're the Ashkenazic elite, we're the enlightened ones. And we are the ones who should show you how. You have to go in our ways. And, and you're so silly. Why are you doing all these silly things? Why are you going to Tadavina to at someone's grave? or, or to have, why, why are you doing that? Ugh, oh, that's so primitive. And then he goes on to say that the people who founded this country, founded it on, on um, the ethos of uh, breaking forward, of, of moving ahead, of modernization, of technology. And you, you're ruining that all. You're making fun of the Ashkenazim and you want to go back to your backward and primitive uh, heritage, and so forth, and so on. Wow. Well, he should have been thrown out of Galetzal for saying something like this. I can't believe, yet you have to be so stupid to say this. Even if you believe it, and they do believe it. That's the problem. He should have been thrown out. Instead, he, he was given a, a, a leave of absence, indefinite leave of absence. We'll see what happens with that. Miri Regev, She's the one they're afraid of. She is the minister of culture. She is an Eidot Hamizrach. Her original name was Saboni. And when they wanted to ride her, they call her Mir- Miri Saboni Regev. She was a high-ranking officer. She was Dover Tzahal. The speaker, the, 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 um, the spokesperson for Tzahal. She was a general in the army. And she gets up and says unabashedly what she thinks that all the budgets, for example, that are going to the elite Ashkenazic theater companies or orchestras should be, should be properly spread out and should be given also to the per- people on the periphery in the, ta- in the development towns. And she's right. Nobody has a monopoly on, on, on culture, on creativity. Oh, but they don't like that because... She threatens them. She threatens their hold on all these places. Now, I understand them. You know, if you're in charge of something that gives you power, that gives you, you know, notoriety or fame, I should say, you don't want somebody coming and taking that away and giving it to somebody else or sharing it with somebody else. That's mine. Who are you to come here? In fact, last week, when Miri Regev, as the government representative, got up to speak at the opening of the Jerusalem Film Festival where uh, American uh, director Quentin Tarantino was there as a guest of honor. She got up to speak and they booed her. And then she said, as part of what she was saying, that uh, just a few days after the killing of uh, Halel Yaffa Ariel and Mechimark, and she spoke about that we live in a, in, in a very dangerous time where a 13-year-old girl could be stabbed in her sleep in Kiryat Arba. they booed her. It's amazing. I, I tried to get the clip, and it was very difficult. It just didn't work out because I wanted to share that with you. So I think what's happening now is good, Is a good thing. You have the Minister of Education who who will hopefully move forward with the uh, recommendations of the committee that he appointed to even out the syllabus, the curriculum in the schools, to add more about the rich heritage of the Sephardic world and the Sephardic Jewish communities. You have a minister of culture and sport who is determined not just to talk but to do, to move budgets away from those who've had it all the time, the Tel Aviv elites, and to share those budgets with the rest of the country to hopefully spawn, other, create, spawn creativity from other groups, not just from the groups where they are now. And that includes music, by the way. For years and years and years, Mizrahi music wasn't, wasn't heard on Israeli radio, even though half of the population in Israel wanted to hear that kind of music. And even now, it's not hurt as much. So, this is an evolution. This is what happens when we have kibbutz galuyot and a nation reestablishes itself, and there are different groups. And and but it, it takes time—a generation, two generations sometimes. But it's going to straighten itself out, and I think it is straightening itself out. And that's a beautiful thing, and it's a it's a great thing to watch. Um, with all the heartache of the of the fighting, it's great to see. The good, uh, the goodness of of the corrections that are being made. Uh, we'll get to the next Naomi Shemer song, "Odlo Ahav Tidai." Uh, it's a classic, but this one's a little different. This one is a Betty Pablo cover of "Odlo Ahav Tidai." She does it totally differently. It's done as a slow. Song. Very, I, I like it. It's very cool. A little different. You have to get used to it, but it's still very cool. Betty Pablo with uh, Naomi Shemmer's Odloa Hafti Dai. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
3: Lobby to Oh, the city, oh, the city, dai. Shevet, <laughs> what I don't know if I can't believe that I can't believe that I can't believe that
0: y Pablo with uh, Naomi Shemer's although after I I happen to love it. I know it's a little different and I think it takes a little getting used to, but I must tell you that I love it and we're going to post a link to uh the YouTube video of that song on our Facebook page together with other songs that we played today, the Naomi Shemer songs. And you can find them later on today at Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. And we greatly appreciate your likes. And um, not only that you like certain posts, but that you like the page. If you haven't yet, it's important. We have 388 likes. Really going well. We're close. We're getting close to the 400 mark. So tell all your friends who might be interested in this type of programming, this kind of Facebook page, take a look. And if they like it, they can take a look and a listen and a like. Give us a like. Um, The Israel Show is sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. Oh, this is their busy season too. Sending out groups of Olim and charter loads of Olim to Israel from the United States. And they do a lot of work and make sure that everything ticks and everything talks. ticks and tocks. Yeah, that's what it does. They have uh, needs-based financial aid. They help you find employment. They assist you with the government absorption. Then there's community-based guidance and support. And they do everything that at the end of the day, each and every individual's Aliyah should be as successful as possible. They have made Aliyah an in thing for Jews in America so please go to their website and take a look at what they have to offer even if you you don't have to be contemplating Aliyah tomorrow or at all even just take a look at the website and see what they do see how beautiful their uh, activities are and see their part the part that they play in Shivat Sion, in Kibbutz Galuyot it's a beautiful thing I L. The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh, who are revolutionizing Aliyah. You might remember, and I'm sure you remember last week, 13-year-old Halel Yafa Ariel was sleeping in her home in Kiryat Arba when a 17-year-old murderer-terrorist vile animal Stabbed her in her sleep Her parents Are quite amazing They um, have asked They have asked um, Everybody To join them On Har Habayit Tomorrow at 8.30 in the morning and to do that in memory of Halal Yaffa, who was so involved in the cause of Har Habayit, who was so connected to the holiness of Har Habayit. But of course, in Har Habayit, which we think is Biyadenu it's not; it's only partially Biyadenu because we've chosen, we've chosen so. Uh, and so they're not going to be allowed for their group to go together on Har Habayit they're going to be split up into small small groups as they usually are in in a rather anti-Semitic way as somebody posted because only Orthodox Jews are, are treated this way on Har Habayit everybody else can just go in Orthodox Jews have to wait for hours and hours 10 at a time or under 10 at a time They ask that the Arabs that usually stand and yell at the Jewish Olim, Olim Tahar Habayit, they ask that those Arabs be moved away once, just this time, so that they don't besiege the bereaved parents and the family. Well, it doesn't seem like they're going to be doing that. And then the police demands from the family that they provide an advance the ID card number every Israeli has an ID card to that zehut That all the ID card numbers of the people that are going to go with them have to be given in advance to the police. Oh no, not if you're a tourist. No, not if you're a Muslim. Not even if you're a Jew that doesn't look from only for the people going with them. Only for from looking Jews. Do they have to give their ID? It's it's it's. Yes, it borders on apartheid. Excuse me, on And I shouldn't use that word, actually, when it comes to anything in Israel, even though I'm, what I'm referring to is the opposite of apartheid. It's apartheid against Jews. <sighs> what can I say? We will see tomorrow what happens. We will report back to you next week. We'll... Uh, let's do another Nomi oh here's a, here's a, uh, here's one of those songs that's not well known short it's called Shnei Tzalamei Rehov it's a story of two photographers photographers that used to hang out in the streets in Tel Aviv in Jerusalem and they would take pictures of the passers by and sell them the pictures so the names of the uh, the names that Nomi Shemer gives to the to the photographers are Zerach and Salmonah now in uh, in the Chumash, we're in uh, Tanach. I'm sorry, in in Sefer Shoftim, we're, to- we're told about two kings of Midian, Zevach and Salmonah So she changed that to Zerach, Zerach, Zoreach, light, and Salmona from Litzalem to to take a picture, which comes from Tselem, You know, an object, an image. So Zerach have with Salmona have a story, Yatzu lahem harachova l'tzalem temunah. And uh, it's just a cute little song. She also she talks about how the different types of people that are out on the street, so, so you know, the variety of people. And she, so she calls it Kol Yaakov im Yedei There are those that are Kol Yaakov, there are those that Yedei It's a very cute song, and I hope you enjoy it. One of the lesser-known Naomi Shemer songs as we dedicate uh, um, this, uh, the music for this show For to Naomi Shemer on her yard site this coming Wednesday. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Nomi Shemers Shnei Tzal Oldie But Goodie, Mayor Weingarten, little known, we were trying to bring you a collection of stuff, the more known, the better known, the lesser known. Um, we spoke to you a few weeks ago about Elora Zarya at the time we, uh, I don't remember if we had his name yet or not, um, Elora Zarya is the young soldier who uh, saw a um, terrorist lying on the floor, uh, saw that he was not yet dead. And um, shot and killed him. Um, Usually that, I mean, he was almost dead. It was a terrorist that tried to attack a soldier. The soldier shot back at him and and wounded him, very, very badly wounded, uh, critically wounded, I should say. He was lying on the floor, but he was alive. And then this young soldier comes onto the scene, later comes onto the scene like 10 minutes after the original incident, um, he does not ask his commanding. He's a young soldier. He doesn't ask his officers, his commanding officers, uh, what's going on or, or whether something needs to be done or not. He just on his own goes and shoots the terrorist. He claims that he thought the terrorist either might have a a explosive vest because he was wearing a coat, or that he 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 saw him possibly moving. And he was afraid that maybe he was going for a weapon. Videos do show that he was—he did move a little bit. Um, there was a knife on the floor, but it was quite far from him. Um, why does this all come to the fore? It all came to the fore because the vile organization, bitselem I just get so upset... When I talk about these organizations like B'Tselem and Shavrim Shtika and Adala and all these anti, not anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish, self-hating vile. Vile is the only word I can think of. And dangerous. Anyway, they go around the, to the Arab populations in Hebron, for example, in this case, and give out video cameras. They give them video cameras and say any time there's some commotion, just run out and start t- shooting video. And, you know, at some point, you'll, you'll get some good video, which we can use against the army when the army misbehaves. And, of course, an Arab caught this on video, and it made it all over the world. There it is, a Jewish soldier shooting an Arab. He already was not armed. He was not a threat, and he just shot him and killed him. It's terrible. Look how miserable we are. Now, at the time... I said um, that some people think he's a hero and some people think he's a murderer and I think he's not a hero because he didn't follow the rules and you can't have a chaotic army. As much as I'm happy, quite frankly, that a terrorist is dead, you cannot have an army that doesn't follow rules and a young soldier decides on his own to do whatever he feels like without checking with his commander that's standing right there. On the other hand, he's not a murderer and he shouldn't be treated like a murderer. He killed a terrorist, who just minutes before had attacked and tried to kill a Jew. Unfortunately, the army, which is, uh, in, in he is in the army court, and um, for whatever reason, the um, prosecution is going very hard on him. One would imagine that, they would back off a little bit. And and a lot of people in Israel, and it's become a big, obviously, a big uh, dispute in Israel on which side you are. There are those who say he's, like I said, those who are championing him as the hero and those who are saying he's the murderer. Um, the father, they show every day pictures from the courts. The young soldier sitting there with his parents. The soldier's name is Elor Azaria. Elor Azaria and his parents from time to time just can't hold it in and they start shouting out different things bottom line is they were running out of money f- for defense and yesterday they posted uh, a head start campaign you know these are these are uh, social media funding campaigns where people want to fund a specific thing, whether it's an idea to create something or or a film or a book, to write a book, whatever it is, and they collect money by um, putting it on one of these websites. Head Start is a big one. Um, And they ask people to donate and people who donate get, like if you donate a certain amount of money, you'll get a copy of the CD or the book or whatever it is. Um, and a certain amount, you put up a goal and a certain amount of money has to be collected and if the amount of money is not collected and you can't do what you want to do, then the money goes back to the people who get, who gave it. They wanted to collect 400,000 shekel. That's a little over $100,000, which is a lot to collect in a Head Start campaign for not for something you're getting something out of. Well, believe it or not, in less than 12 hours, they surpassed. The 400,000 shekel goal they've already collected more than 400,000 shekel. It shows you how the people of Israel are willing to support this young man, even though, every not everybody, but many understand that he, he might have been wrong in what he did, but it doesn't deserve to be treated like a murderer. And I think that that's an amazing thing. Does it? Uh, not everybody does, but I think that's quite amazing, and I think it's... Um, says much about the people of Israel and of this particular um, situation. Uh, we have two more Naomi Shemer songs that I want to get in before the end of the show. Um, the last one is Yerushalayim Shel Zahav that we'll play when we close out, and the next one is called Emzahatamuz. This is a song that Naomi Shemer wrote years, years and years before her death. It was written before a certain. Um what was considered a, a, a rather dangerous surgery that she was going to have, and she wrote and the, it was in the month of Tammuz, and she was scared and she wrote Atsuv lamut beemsa tammuz how sad it is to die in the middle of Tammuz aval beemsa amut however sadly however, I will die in the middle of Tammuz. El Bustaneha Prishinit Yatmu the fields of the fruit trees that now have are now orphans, nafoli pol. Hakol. This is a um connection to the Psukimen Yishayahu about how they would what they would say when they would cut the um cut the fruits or the or or the grain from the fields. Um and what is rather crazy is that, in fact, many years later, Naomi Shemer did die in Tammuz, Zayin Tammuz, this coming Wednesday. Almost prophetic. The words of the song, when they were recorded by Nurit Galron, were changed a little bit. It doesn't say, aval be'emtzah ha be'em Hatamuz amut. They changed it. But the original song, the way she wrote it in her handwriting, was that way. Atzuv lamut tamuz, aval b'mtzah tamuz amut, almost, prophetic, or actually prophetic. Naomi Shemer wrote. Nuit Galron sings. Emtzah tamuz. My name is Maya Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nahum Siegel Network.
4: Di lei ha Al im davka be zum beim zeratmen ach auf beim el
0: Gal Ron sings Nomi Shemer. Atzuv lamut and here we are in emtza HaTamuz. We are remembering Nomi Shemer whose eyesight was is this coming Wednesday and we remember her through her songs. We will end off today's show with uh, her most famous song, Yu'shim Shel Zahav. Many years ago we uh, on over at JMDA on Yom Yushalayim we analyzed the words of Yishlaim Shal Zahav, and we showed how it is a sheer kodesh. It's unbelievable. It's a holy song. Um references to to the Tefilot, to gumarat to Midrashim, to Kinot. uh amazing, amazing song. And um Mir we will do that on a future date again here. We'll play today a brand new um, version of it, recorded this year for Yom Yerushalayim by the very popular singer in Israel, Ha'el Moyal. And we'll end off with that. Not before we say thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your many Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nahum Siegel Network and a very special thanks as always to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Segal Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with her by YY Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein, and then the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, following Jamin the AM, this is Mayor Wangart reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. <laughs>
4: Anyway the In Me F Her בלב חומא ירושלים של זהב Zither Hola